Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Well, hello, my darling. This episode here is one for the lovers, one for the ones who want to be in love and want to have beautiful relationships, romantic relationships. Why am I doing this podcast right now? Because I've got so many people, so many clients, couples that Hamish and I, my husband and I have worked with, have been chatting to. My husband coaches men. So if you haven't already checked out his podcast, The Manfulness, like mindfulness, but manfulness podcast. And he's also at Manfulness Men on Instagram. He's an amazing soul and he does beautiful work with men. And I do work with women. So at times we'll come together and we'll do couples coaching. We'll do uh, power couples sessions. And he also coaches with me in the sisterhood. And he coaches with me with business in Scale Squad because we've been able to build our business together. So me and my husband do a lot together. Our communication is on point, like next level on point. We are in love. Our life is great. Our sex life is great. We love each other. We hang out together. I mean, every single day I love him more. It's crazy, sickening, and it is real, and you can have it as well, right? Like, you can have beautiful, flourishing relationships uh, if you do the work that you need to do on yourself and then the work that needs to be done within the relationship. So we wanted to talk about this because I've got a few clients who have been sharing with me that uh, they're doing the work. And obviously, I work with women, so my clients are women, and they are doing the work, and they are being Gandhi, as we like to call it. Now, Gandhi is a term that Hamish and I used. And I love, y'all know that if you've been listening to my podcast, I love me some metaphors. I love me like story. So I say Gandhi because Gandhi, who Gandhi is, he was like the Nelson Mandela. Like he was like, be Gandhi. Like he was be the, be the change you wish to see in the world. He was patient. He fought for so much, but in a loving, kind way. He was always kind. He was always loving. He was very patient, similar to Nelson Mandela, who was in jail for all those years. And when he came out, he was kind right? So it is hard to be Gandhi. It is hard to be kind. It is hard to be patient. But if you, my friend, are the one that has started doing the work, has started raising her consciousness, has started up leveling and has chosen to be the one to do the work, then you, my friend, in the relationship are the Gandhi. Now, something you may not know, or maybe you do know, in my relationship with me and Hamish, I was not the Gandhi. He was. So Hamish waited around for me for quite some time while I got my shit together. Uh, I was very negative. I was uh, very upset. I was very hurt. I was very damaged goods. I was an alcoholic. Um, I was crazy. I don't even know how he put up with me. He doesn't remember it being that bad. We will hear from him later and see what he thinks. But I believe that I was hard work and I, I was in pain. There was a lot of trauma that I was dealing with. So when Hamish met me, he was very patient and he waited and he waited and he waited and I fucked up and I made mistakes and I drank too much alcohol and I just did silly shit. And this man waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and was very patient. And so uh, I was speaking to some of my clients recently in the past couple of weeks and they're getting frustrated with their partners 
because their partners are good and then they're not good. They do the work and then they stop communicating. So they're up and down. And I'm like, my darling, you are Gandhi. Now, I want to give you a metaphor because it helped me when I first spoke about this and understanding it. I want you to imagine if you take on a relationship, let's say you're dating a man, maybe you're dating a woman. I'm just going to use my example. So uh, I'm, I'm dating a man. So I meet this man and he is not doing the work. He's not conscious. He's not aware of his thoughts and he, he doesn't know he's playing the victim. He doesn't know that his anger is fucking with him. He's a good man and he's got so much potential and he wants to try and he said he's committed to doing the work and maybe he's had one session with Hamish, my husband or a coach or he's trying. He's on the route to trying but he hasn't got there yet but he's on his way. So what I have taken on is I want you to imagine like you took on a newborn baby. Now, for those of you that don't have children, (laughs) this analogy works even better. You're a new mother. You've never been a mother before. And now you got a newborn fucking baby. And you're like, this newborn baby is not walking. And the newborn baby doesn't wipe its own ass. And I keep having to wipe its ass and it throws food everywhere. And I can't believe it doesn't walk. Hello. Why doesn't the newborn baby walk? What the fuck? And I'm like, yo, that's a newborn baby. They don't know how to walk. They're going to fall on their face. And you have to be patient and you have to be nurturing and loving and kind so that when they're trying, You encourage them, but if they fall down, you don't yell at the newborn baby. Now, I know that your man is not a newborn baby. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm using it as an analogy so that you could think about it in this way. When you take on someone, man or woman, who is brand new to the work and has never done the work, it's as if you are taking on a newborn fucking baby. Now, I joke and say, I was a newborn baby who drank alcohol. (laughs) And who had like toddler, you know, terrible twos fits. So Hamish had a newborn baby who drank alcohol and was a toddler. Like I was having a fit and I was crazy throwing plates. And he waited and he was patient and he was kind and he was loving. And I shifted. I changed. I did the work. I'm amazing. Like, thankfully for Hamish, who was so patient with me. Side note. You don't have to wait for everybody. Not everybody's going to become your your Gandhi friend. Not everybody's going to turn out how I turned out. Not everybody wants to do it. I wanted to do the work. I was in a lot of pain and I saw that Hamish knew a way out. So I was trying. I was just hitting my head against the wall and I was using coping mechanisms like alcohol, you know, to try to escape my reality. But I was trying. I was I was paying my coach. I was booking sessions. I was doing couples coaching with him. You know, I joined programs. I was trying. I was reading the books. I was doing the work. I would just fall down many times, but I was trying. I'm not saying wait for these motherfuckers who aren't trying. If they're not even trying, you're trying to make uh, uh, someone something they're not you're in it just for they could be amazing the potential fuck that I don't want you to look at the potential let's be honest if they are not where they need to be and they're not even interested in it and you're pushing and shoving Byron Katie and podcasts and books and personal development and shit in front of their face and they are not interested then that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about your man or your woman is having some sessions. They're looking at you. They're asking you about books. They're interested. They do really well and then they fall down, but you see them trying. That's what I'm talking about. So just consider that if you chose that person, you said, I'm cool to look after this newborn baby. Some people you attract are toddlers. Some are teenagers, meaning they've been in the work, but they're having a little bit of a, of a moment. 
But when you get someone who's never done the work, they've never been in the work, they don't even know what working on themselves is, they've never seen a coach or a therapist or done any personal development, that is a fucking newborn baby that you just took on. So be ready to wipe asses, to feed them, to help them walk. Be ready for that. Now, is it your responsibility? Hell no. A baby is your responsibility. This is, an, this is a, a story. This is an analogy. That person is really not your baby. So they're not your responsibility. But don't get upset when the baby who doesn't walk falls down. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It is their responsibility. And most people who want to work on themselves and want to do this relationship will tell you, I want to do this. I'm trying. You just got to be patient. And it is so hard to be Gandhi. So I want you to be like, yo, I need to be Gandhi. And Gandhi doesn't go, I've been Gandhi for two weeks. What the fuck? Gandhi would never say that. Nelson Mandela in jail didn't go, what the fuck? I've been in jail for 10 years. I'm not doing another 10 years. Give me the fuck out of here. No. Another 10 years passed. And it was 20 years. And it's not easy. I get it. Okay. Like I'm not saying this shit's easy, but I'm saying what a beautiful way to be. I, I can't tell you how as a hurt woman who was drinking and who was upset and who felt broken and damaged, looking at Hamish, it actually makes me want to cry. Looking at Hamish, who was just like always Gandhi. He was, he was the change. He was the example. He was loving. He was kind. He was calm. Fuck, he was so conscious. It's very sexy, but it wasn't even about sexy. It was like nurturing and loving. And from this high place, it was like he was in this high place with like a glow around him, like ah, like a little fucking halo around him. And I was like, wow, how the fuck is he like that? I want some of that. I want to feel that peace. I want to be like that. So every time that I got frustrated or I hit a wall, I would look at him and he would just be like, ah, you know, and I'm like, damn. All right, keep going. You know, and he wouldn't even have to say shit to me. So if you're doing the work, you don't even have to say shit. You don't got to nag. Just be the work. Be the example. Be Gandhi. The partner that you have knows when they fuck up. The tail is between the legs. And you know the best way to hurt them or not hurt them. The best way for them to feel what they're doing is for you to be Gandhi. Is for you not to nag them. Is for you not to pull them up. Is for you to just be you, be kind, do you, calm yourself, be peaceful. Don't let them disrupt your peace. That's the shit that got me. I'm like, wow, this man is undisruptible. He's just in his peace. And because he was so, he was like vibrating peace and it was coming off of him. It would hit me sometimes and I'm like, wow, I need that. So he was being the example so much so that it led me to finally go, okay, okay, what book are you reading? Okay, what is that that you're listening to? Okay, what are you doing? I need to do what you're doing. Let's go. Let's do it all. I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. And I would fall down and he would be loving. And sometimes he would tell me off. And that was loving. That's what I needed. So it's not easy to be Gandhi. But I'm telling you right now, if you decided... If you decided to date someone or marry someone who is not about the work, you need to be patient. And if they don't want to do it and they're not interested, you need to make a decision. You don't have to be in that relationship. You don't have to look after a newborn baby as a grown-ass man or woman. But you don't get to get upset and angry at them when they've shown you who they are and you've decided to stay. Did that make sense? You don't get to be upset when they've shown you and told you who they are, but then you decided to stay and fit a fucking square into a circle or fit a, 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 a fucking triangle into a hexagon. You can't do that. They are a triangle. 
So if you decide to be with that, cool. But you don't get to be like, ah, like you got to choose here. And it's very hard to do. And I, and I asked my client recently, why are you in that relationship? Do you genuinely believe that this can work? Yes. Are you in that relationship because of a fear? Meaning, well, if I don't stay with him, there'll be no one else. Well, if I don't get him, there'll be no one like him. I'll never find someone. I'll be alone forever. I'm already 40. I'll be single. If there's any of that underlying in the reason why you're staying, wrong reason. You are staying because of a fear. And you should never do something with a fear. You should never do something because of a fear. Because the thing you fear, you will attract. There's a lot of layers to this. I want to hear what Hamish has to say about this because I know Hamish has a perspective as well. My husband has a perspective of this as well about the Gandhi. But it is very hard and it is an answer. It is a a choice, sorry, that we get to make once you understand that you're doing the work. I don't care how much work you've done. If you are in your journey to it and the person you're with is not, you are the Gandhi. Congratulations. Hey, 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 this is a little intermission from me to you. I just really quickly wanted to invite you to pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to review it. Let me know what you think. I love honest opinions. It helps more women reach this podcast. So pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast or go to Apple iTunes and leave me a beautiful little review. I would love and appreciate it. All right, sister, let's get back to the episode. So we got Gandhi here, as mentioned and as promised. Hello, Mr. Gandhi. <laughs> this feels like a trap. I, I, I'm trying to drive the car and now I've been forced into a podcast. Hamish Kramer. Hamish Kramer. So I tell my story in the way that you just heard. Um, what do you have to say about it? Was it that way? Was I a psychopath and a lost cause? Yes. <laughs> uh, do you want to drive us into a ditch? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, um, no, you weren't a lost cause. I don't know why you're that harsh on yourself. I think, you know, like a lot of people, you just had stuff and trouble that you had to work through and um i think i was at a stage where i had just done the work and i think i've talked about this before like there is a degree of spiritual ego or you know when you start to do some personal development on yourself you become even more judgmental to everybody around you and i think i was realizing that in me that if i if i'm going to be a true advocate of this work then it can't come with judgment on other people because the only way for people to grow and change is in that non-judgmental place so yeah I, i think that's 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 how i that's how i saw it plus i i think the whole gundy thing takes on a different means for me because it's not just about being gundy in the relationship it means being gundy in life it means that's who you are you know so I'm not doing it because I'm expecting a result from you or wanting you to change or this I'm doing it because that that's who I am because I, I realized some time ago that my mental space and my emotional state was mine to own and mine to um, 
to maintain like my my mind was if, if my mind is so weak that your behavior and who you are shakes me well then that's for me is a weakness so being gandhi means being strong enough to know that i'm not going to let anybody's um actions or how anybody else shows up change the way that i am inside you know that's that's kind of the idea of gandhi is like choosing your values and never straying away from that now that doesn't mean that if somebody's not right for you that you stay with them like you were saying you were doing the work and that that goes a long way and you know who knows how long if you weren't doing the work i would have stayed before i was like you know what <laughs> this bitch crazy this is she's not for me and i think there was a, t- a moment where i was like you know you had some beliefs in there that i was like wow i don't, I don't think we're gonna see eye to eye in a lot of things yeah, but yeah, you know that was a uh, religious stuff that we yeah, had going on. Yeah, because yeah, you were like church stuff, and I was like, man, I don't know if I'm, like, I just came out of that. So, yeah, that if you want to know more about that, listen to the podcast, my journey with spirituality, and then I think you have one as well about your journey with spirituality. Yeah. Uh, we saw we did not see eye to eye, and we really had to communicate, and that maybe in a whole nother podcast. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, so I I realized again on these fundamental levels. Um, that maybe there was going to be a mismatch and then that would be the reason why the, the relationship wouldn't evolve, right? Yeah. Because I think that what I'd done, the work that I'd done beforehand is that I became really clear about who I am. I became clear about the person I wanted to be and what I stood for. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're not sure. So they either get involved in relationships they know they shouldn't be or they end up changing their values too much. Yeah. Um, because they don't have any standard, they have no stance in that place, so they just adopt other people's. And we were talking about beliefs that you adopt from people, not without any conscious understanding. So I think yeah. once, I think when you do enough of the work that you become clear about who you are, a few things happen to you. You become exceptionally compassionate towards everybody else because you you see people, they just they haven't found that steadiness in themselves Mm. and secondly you start to know what what those things are for you you begin to color your world through the lens of who you are and who you want to be and so it's easy to show up as that person because that's who i had decided i wanted to be if that makes sense yeah that is very deep mr hamish kramer It, it definitely does so i'm hearing i can hear my listeners all there being like yeah but my man's not doing the work my main man, he's not doing the work and he's not showing up and, you know, he says it, but he's inconsistent. What can you say to those people out there that have a partner who is saying they want to do it, but they're inconsistent? Is there any advice that you could give and maybe perspective in a man's eyes? Um, yes. First of all, um, you do the work for yourself and nobody else. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't need Erica to have done the work. It's not part of my agreement. The agreement is with me. So I made a commitment to do the work and that's the only commitment that has to happen. So whether the partner I'm with chooses to do it or not is irrespective. Now, will I get to a stage where the decisions I make, whether I be with that person or not, will will definitely be decided whether they do the work or not. But I don't need you to do the work in order to be okay with me. That's number one. 
Damn, y'all. Did you hear that? Rewind that. That's, that's some... Good job. Good DJ, job. DJ Erica. DJ Erica. Um, so that's number one. Number two is everybody learns differently and understands differently. And just because your way got you to where you're at doesn't necessarily mean it will be the way that your partner will get there. Yes. And I think what you want to encourage your partner to do is not to just do the work, but to do their own journey, go on their own journey of self-discovery. And that might mean finding other teachers, other books, other ways, because their experience is, is definitely different to yours, right? So have enough respect for them to know that your way is not the way, it's just a way, and encourage them to find it in them for what they need, to find the answers that they're looking for, because we all want growth. And if you're with someone that doesn't want to grow, then that's very different. That's that's very difficult, because I think a natural part of being human is the want to grow, to achieve things, to be better, to evolve. And if you're with someone that flat out denies that, then that's going to be a difficult relationship regardless of them doing the work or not. So I think, exactly, you don't value growth and that's a big a big no-no for me. And one of my fundamentals is growth and, and, and serving people and that's two values of mine which me and Erica share. So there's there's a tick there, right? So so doing the work together and, and, and encouraging that relationship and being Gandhi, it makes sense. So do the work for you, nobody else. Appreciate that that person has their own journey and your encouragement is to help them find that journey themselves. Um, and then lastly, I think just if it's if it's a man, it's from a man's perspective, just realize that our brains do work differently, right? We, 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 we think rationally. We, we, we also live in a world, you know, we talked about this with another client. There is an archetype about, archetype about what a man and a woman should be. There's these kind of default settings that we kind of society kind of gives us and all of us on an internal level is trying to compare ourselves to this um, hallmark of what it is to be a man or the hallmark of what it is to be a woman so we're all struggling with that internal battle of what the world how the world sees us so there's a whole a whole other layer to unravel when it comes to doing the work and with men specifically it's like we're meant to be strong we're meant to be unemotional we're not meant to show any weakness we're not meant to cry so that's already uh, an area which requires its own development which will be very separate from that of a woman who is in touch with her emotions and in touch with how she feels so again that journey of the self-discovery of development looks very differently for different people and that's just gender then take into account religion, take into account culture, take into account our own individual traumas and experiences. So that the, the pathway to enlightenment is not a straight one, right? If anything, I think it's a circular one where we keep coming back and revisiting these, these similar topics for ourselves in different ways. And the only thing you can really provide for someone in that space is just patience and compassion, I think. Mm-mm. It ain't Sunday, but you're preaching. Okay, Hamish Kramer. Hamish Kramer, that is some good Hamish stuff. Kramer. Our three-year-old is now wakes up in the morning and goes, Good morning, Hamish Kramer. Good morning, Erica Kramer. <laughs> He's hilarious. 
I love this. I love this because it is patience. It is compassion. And so there are some of you listening right now that are like, yeah, I am pushing some shit uphill. I am believing in the potential. This person has not signed up for this. I am forcing. I am shoving. And if that's you, I'm happy that you became aware of that because what happens is we stay with these people and these relationships where we see the potential on who they could be. And I did a single lady series called watch them red flags. And it's all about that. You know, yeah, you could be, I could be someone who cleans the house. Hamish could be a man who buys me flowers every day, but he's not going to do that. And I'm not going to clean the house. Right. (laughs) That's right. So do I have potential to clean the house? Yes. But is Hamish going to be pushing shit uphill? Yes. And it's going to be a hard battle that it's not worth the fight. So that's a little funny example. Maybe in your example, your partner's not interested at all in talking about their feelings or healing trauma or taking responsibility or working or reading or doing any of that. And maybe you identify that you grow apart. What did we say that was one of the top reasons people divorce is we think it's money, but it's actually a change of values. So maybe you started working on yourself in the sisterhood, let's say, and your partner married a woman who's not working on herself. And all of a sudden you found queen of confidence. You're listening to the podcast. You join the sisterhood, you're doing the work and you're turned into a totally different person. Your partner didn't sign up for that. He signed up for who you were and maybe that person and you can't be together. And so that's a reality that, yeah. that happens, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think I think we're just really bad at communication. Yeah. I think we're all really bad at communication. We, we get into these relationships and we never really talk about the important things. I think we're very good at talking about the things that aren't important, the day-to-day things, the, the to-do list. But I, I don't think couples really establish that place where they can really talk about the deep things because it's these deep things like values and um, perspectives and opinions which are ever-changing. And how can you expect to be the same person that you are when you were at the beginning of the relationship 5, 10, 20 years later? You have to evolve as a person. So if that evolution is happening on the individual level, it makes sense that the relationship would also have to evolve with those changes. Now, if there's not a dialogue that's going on, then how do you... Of course, assumptions are going to be settled in. Of course, resentment is going to settle in because no one's had that space to explain themselves and listen and discuss and all those wonderful things that are required for a relationship to flourish. So I think that's a major problem. I think couples really suck at communication. And usually the case is there's one person that's very talkative and the other person doesn't talk at all. And and so it's, it's, it's on both people to really learn how to get effective communication. It's not one that talks all the time and one that listens or, or vice versa. It's, it's about how to get the best understanding between two people. And I think that's what could be done a lot better in a lot of relationships. Yeah, the communication is key and it's probably our biggest strength. And the thing that we teach our couples the most uh, are tools around communication. So if we can give you some tangible things, there's an amazing book, The Call to Five Love Languages. And we definitely recommend that those of you out there listening, go and get that book. Do the quiz. We will pop it in the show notes so that you can link uh, the quiz and you can take it and find out what your love language is. Find out how you like to love and how you like to be loved. 
you know, find out what your partner's love language is. Um, find out what kind of communication style you have. And is it constructive in regards to how your partner communicates? Uh, and as Hamish said, as you can imagine, I'm the one that likes to talk a lot. And Hamish was the one who just listened and didn't really talk. And we had to figure out a better way to communicate because that's not going to work if I'm talking the whole time and he's just going, mm-hmm, 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 sure kid. <laughs> that's a Moana joke in case you haven't seen Moana. Um, if you haven't seen Moana, go watch Moana right now. So, you know, it's like, mm-hmm, 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 yep, yep, yep. Like, okay, well, that sucks. Are you going to give me something back? So being able to learn about communication, being able to be patient when your partner's trying to do the work, learning how to be patient with yourself when you're doing the work. And will you make mistakes? Hells yes. Of course you will. You know, you're going to get it wrong. You're going to say something you don't mean. But what matters here is how you come back together. And communication is the key to that. One million percent. We hope you love this episode. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah, I do. Oh my God. Just kidding. It's not finished. See? Let me just communicate. Sorry, my darling husband. You go ahead. That's fine, baby. You talk all the time. Anyway, (laughs) I I just had a book recommendation in regards to anyone that's uh, still struggling with the Gandhi part of this conversation. Um, and that book was Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Oh, really? Shit. Yep. It's a heavy book. It's a fucking heavy book. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it was really the one that made me understand who I wanted to be. Nice. Um, and the, the analogy that's used is like, you know, the difference between power and force. Force is always, you know, pushing itself onto someone else, while power, it just is. And they use the analogy of the lion. If a lion walked into the room your attention would instantly go onto that line because that line walks with power. It, it, it is power. It, it, it's a demonstration of it. It doesn't have to prove itself to be power. And so in the same way with the Gandhi part, it's like it's being Gandhi on the inside. It's, it's, it's owning that power inside of you. It doesn't need to speak. It doesn't need to roar. It doesn't need to show itself. And in fact, the ones that do roar and shout and scream are usually the ones that are not powerful at all. Right? They're the ones that are trying to prove that they have power but actually don't own it themselves. So a very powerful book, um, very deep book, um, but it could give you some insight. And it definitely did. It was one of those books that really transformed me because I realized that true power is not force. True power is the power you own inside yourself and that stability of knowing who you are. And that force is you being actually out of power and trying to control everything around you, which is actually powerless. Mm. So that could be a good book for those that want to read it. That is a very heavy book. Hopefully you could hear what we were saying because this road is a little bit crazy. Um, It is extremely heavy and deep, that book. Uh, For those of you that have been listening to the podcast for for a while, I hope you love it. If you're brand new to the podcast dive into it I mean it's a massive it's a big fucking book there's a lot of stuff in there as well a lot of treasures that you could find inside of that book and things that maybe when you first read it you don't understand and then as you read it more and more we revisit that book many times and it's pretty awesome so I love that analogy thank you Mr. Kramer so five love languages power versus force which is massive and full-on do we have any last uh, go be Gandhi any last recommendations or words people that want to be lovers um, look, I think just reiterating your point, just have compassion. You know, none of us know the true ways on, on, on becoming better people. You know, we're all 
walking through this human experience, you know, figuring things out as we go along. So I think just as best as you can, have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for those you, around you, those that you love. Don't throw yourself into guilt and shame and, and try and avoid judgment on others because, you know what, we're all doing the best we can with what we have. I think that's probably the premise of what we're trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. One last book, actually. <laughs> Men, Women and Worthiness. Mm. Brene Brown. Snap, 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 snap. Men, Women and Worthiness. Good old Brene Brown. I think it's only on Audible, that book. Um, speaking of Audible, my audiobook is coming out. Oh, my God. If you have Audible, it's already out. Uh, if you don't have Audible, it's going to be on my website very soon. So stay tuned for that. Hamish Kramer, always a pleasure to the have pleasure you mine, babe. on the show. Babe, the pleasure is mine. And you used me to get all my content out <laughs> and put it on your podcast. Yes, that is exactly what happened here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. Yes, I'm coming to you at the end of the podcast because I get, I don't know how many messages from y'all about joining the sisterhood, about working with me. How do I work with Erica? What do I do? How can I do this? I'm ready to action all the shit that she talks about in the podcast. If that is you, I want you to head to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash sisterhood. Sister is S-I-S-T-A hood and check out the sisterhood. It is my year long coaching program for women who want to change their lives. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how good, how incredible and how amazing that tribe of women is. It will change your damn life. If you do the work, if you love this and you love my style, then please come on board. Cause I would love to coach you. I would love to welcome you into the sisterhood. I love you, girl. If you have questions, hit me up in the DMs. Hit me up, support at thequeenofconfidence.com. I got you. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you in the sisterhood.